0: horses are at the gate and
1: they're off welcome to winning ponies with a weekend coming up this is the spot to be for news handicapping and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today now here's your host john Engelhart, racing's regular guy
2: and thanks so much for joining us i hope your brackets aren't busted yet i know everybody out there's got Some action in the NCAAs, but we got some fantastic action at the races this week. Uh, We're going to go to three races that have Derby or Oaks eligibility. Uh, That would be at Turfway Park in northern Kentucky. There's the newly dubbed Jeff Ruby Stakes that traditionally has been what's called the Spiral Stakes. Uh, And that dates uh, all the way back to... uh, 1972 i remember going to some of the early ones and not, not quite that early and then on the girls side of things the uh, uh bourbonette oaks has uh points for the ladies the three-year-olds and then uh, we're going to go to Oaklawn park the 58th running of the rebel how many times can bob baffert win this race and Solomini looks like the one they're going to have to beat but, hey, I'm not the expert, so I bring experts into this show, and that would be one Ed Meyer. I have missed Ed Meyer uh, o- over the winter. Uh, he- he's officially done with his hibernation, so he should be joining us on a more regular basis. I'm looking forward to that. So Ed will be at the second section of the show, the handicapping section. And after we get done with some national news, of which there's a lot, um, we're going to bring none other than Jeff Ruby with us. Some of you from the Midwest know very much who Jeff Ruby is, but some of you other ones on the two coasts pick up a racing form or a blood horse, and almost weekly, you see the horse winning the grade one race has jockey pants on it that say, Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. Well, it is, trust me, the best steakhouses in North America, and uh Jeff's going to be with us because, again, he's taking up sponsorship of what was the Spiral Stakes. It will be the $200,000 grade three Jeff Ruby Stakes. And it's not S-T-A-K-E-S. It's stakes, like the great ones he makes. So uh, we're going to talk to Jeff. And... uh, uh, he's been involved in racing for so long, so many years. I believe in high school, he had, when he practiced uh, football on the back of his jersey, it said Kelso. And it's kind of an inside joke because nobody knew what it was but him. But he knew about the great, tough Kelso. And uh, then uh, he got into some uh, horse ownership with a couple of the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, opened up just the greatest restaurant starting out in Cincinnati. I think the Precinct uh, may have been his first one. He also had one down on the river, the uh, kind of a boathouse and uh, you can always see the high and mighty from uh, professional sports in that neck of the woods down there. So Jeff, uh, be very look, much looking forward to talking to him about his uh, entrance into the sponsorship game. Of course, I'm hoping he can sneak me into the tent because he is going to be catering the Jeff Ruby Stakes tent at Turfway Park this Saturday. So uh, those those are my guests. That's what's coming up. Uh, let's take a look at some things that are happening just want to tell you that uh, our, our friends at winning ponies pulling down the easy win forms got you some great wins especially if you're vacationing in Florida Gulfstream park on the seventh a one dollar super five paid 3317 and a week later on the 15th one dollar super five paid. $3,291. Uh, then at Tampa Bay, two nice hits. A 50-cent Super 5 paid $2,700, while on March 11th, a $1 Super 5 paid $2,336. They're the easy win forms, and it's an easy way for you to get your handicapping moved to the top of the list. Well, this just out. I just saw this posted about an hour ago Uh, Prominent owner Tom Benson has passed away. Uh, If the name's familiar with him, he's a Louisiana sports icon who, well, he took his football and basketball seriously, but he always wanted to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, He was, uh, for all the successes he had as the owner of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, including the Saints Super Bowl, uh, he uh, is in the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame and of course, he just got back into the game and ended up with not one but two starters in the Kentucky Derby and Mo Tom and Tom's Ready. So uh, we are greatly going to miss him. Great sportsman. The the uh, details of his services uh, have not come out yet. Again, uh, he. This was just announced about an hour ago. All right, this was some bad news. Marino was euthanized after an injury during a workout. And, uh, you know, he won the Smarty Jones at Aqueduct. He was on the Derby Trail. He sustained a broken sesamoid during a workout at Santa Anita Park. So we mourn Moreno, uh, who will not obviously be on the Triple Crown Trail, and neither will Avery Island. Turns out Avery Island is injured, and he's questionable now for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, he came back uh, lame after a, a workout, and it was sent to Dr. Larry Bromlage at Rudin Riddle near Lexington, Kentucky. So uh, a couple of horses off the Derby Trail, and one of our leading sires, Elusive Quality, was euthanized at the age of 25. Of course, he started out for $10,000. His first crop produced 11 black-type winners, uh, including champion Smarty Jones and Breeders' Cup Philly Mayor Sprint winner. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm getting something in my ear here. Let me uh, come back. It's getting a little loud. Uh, let me go back to our, our race results from last week, because we did have some big ones. Uh the, the San Felipe, want to talk to Ed Meyer about this one. I thought it was just a case of good race riding uh, by uh, Mike Smith aboard McKenzie. Went off the even-money favorite. It was a battle with last year's champion, Bolt Dioro down the lane. Boom, boom, boom. Coming around the turn, Bolt Dioro came in pretty good on McKenzie. And then as they got into the final 16th, McKenzie just kind of floated Bolt Dioro out, nailed him by a head at the wire, thought, he, thought they were going to keep him up. It was about a 15-minute uh, inquiry, and uh, they put Bolt de Oro up on top. Uh, then in the in the, the Gotham Stakes, uh, the winner was enticed at 92, pulled away to win by two and three-quarters of a length. We'll probably start in the Wood Memorial next time out. Old-time revival at 15-to-1 was in the second spot. And how about the Tampa Bay Derby upset time? Went to a 15-to-1 shot written by Florent Giroux, quip was the name of the horse nominated to the triple crown uh, this horse had bad trouble in his last two races but quip got up and wore down world of trouble to put in a very strong front-running effort all right that's a look at last week's big races we're going to take a little bit of a break and when we come back we're going to be with restaurant tour extraordinaire jeff ruby i'm john englehart and you're listening to winning ponies
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track?
3: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspiring really fast
1: all the time the number 1 internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
2: All right, I uh, painted a brief picture of this gentleman at the top of the show. Uh, he's uh, someone I've known for many, many years. Uh, has turned into one of the biggest and best restaurant tours in the Midwest. I understand that his uh, restaurants are even beginning to go into some other cities. I've never been in one where I didn't thoroughly enjoy myself. Uh, I believe the first one he started in the Cincinnati areas was with some high-profile friends, a place called the Precinct. Uh, he'll correct me on that if I'm wrong. But right now he's going to have his own steak race, and I'm talking about S T E. E-A-K, the Jeff Ruby Stakes, replacing the Spiral Stakes at Turfway Park. Jeff, how are you doing? Good, John. How are you? I'm I'm in Nashville right now, actually. Uh, Tell me, what what cities are you in now?
4: Uh, We're in Nashville, Columbus, Louisville, and um, I'm in Nashville as we speak, actually.
2: Oh, you're catching the basketball games down there?
4: No. (laughs) No. I, uh, I, I won't have a chance, uh, but, uh, the, I came down here to pick up some clothes from the famous Manuel who does the, the clothes for the country and rock stars and Elton John. And so I have an outfit for the, uh, for the race, at, uh, Saturday and, uh, for another event I'm doing on my 70th birthday. I'm doing a fundraiser at, uh, Jack Casino, uh, for at-risk kids and homeless kids and uh, bringing in Cool and the Gang and Lee Greenwood and Kix Brooks and, and maybe Kid Rock and, and John Calipari. And, and actually, Whoa. Kid has uh, invited me on his jet tomorrow to go to, uh, to his concert in Chicago. So <laughs> and, and flying into Chicago, leaving at six, coming back, going to the concert, coming back later. I don't know what time I'm getting back. He won't tell me, and then I got to, which changed everything. I was supposed to be already back in Cincinnati, so now I got to take a private jet to get to the, to get to the race on Saturday. I I mean, I'm going to be on espresso like crazy just to get to back to the race now Saturday. I probably won't get in till two in the morning Saturday back to Nashville. He lives in Nashville, and then I'm going to have to get on another private jet to get back to Cincinnati and and and, change. So anyway, I came to Nashville to get some clothes made for me for all these events. Some, you know, you know, Elton John and Johnny K. In fact, this guy did all Johnny Cash's clothes. And, and wow. That kind of stuff. And
2: well, you're, you're a superstar in your own right, Jeff, you know, you, yeah, you well, ought to be, you not that.
4: Really, but I'd like to be some buying all these clothes. I came up 40, he, he made them and the rest of them will be ready tomorrow at noon. And then, uh, and that's why I'm in Nashville. And, uh, so I will not even see any games because I, I just don't have time. And, uh, and Chris Mack brought the team in last night, actually, and he got to meet Kid Rock. He was all excited. That's his favorite uh, entertainer. So,
2: Oh, that's happy. great. That's great. Well, I was telling everybody, you know, back in the days, I remember you telling me the Kelso story uh, back when you yeah. were in high school. No, no On the back Kelso of your jersey, was, yeah. most of the people yeah. didn't know what that was, but you sure did, because he was hun- yeah. one hard-knocking horse. And I guess you were trying to emulate yeah. him as a football player. So you had a love yeah. of the game early on, Jeff, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. I booked the Derby my freshman year of high school. I booked the Derby. And so anyone that wanted to uh, book the, bet the Derby came to me, and they gave me the $2, and the horse, one I paid, whatever it paid. And, and uh, so everybody at Neptune High School that wanted to bet the Derby knew to come to Jeff Ruby, and uh, I, I, I booked it then. And nobody, <laughs> gay one. Nobody had Saturday. They paid 23 something and change. And so I kept all of them.
2: You did good on that your early days guy. as a bookie. Well, obviously, you've done fantastic, your early days as, as an entrepreneur. Was I right? Was the precinct your first uh, restaurant in yeah. Cincinnati or was it one on the river? Precinct. It was
4: 1981.
2: Oh, God, yep. that place is so great. If anybody comes yeah. and said, you know, a good place to go, first word out of yeah. my mouth, because it's really not that far from the racetrack, uh, you know, right right down the, yeah. the street yeah, there in right 52. The
4: it's funny. Now, in, uh, New Jersey, in New Jersey, I worked at a restaurant that was right down the street from Monmouth Park, and uh, I went to Monmouth. In fact, I worked at Monmouth Park uh, one, one summer, and uh, so I started going to the Monmouth Park when I was a kid. You know, well, from Jeff. Port, New Jersey.
2: I know you. You know you're like I said. You love racing. goes way back. I remember when you were with uh, Chris Collinsworth and Turk uh watching mm-hmm. a horse by the name of Controversial work, workout. Yep. I think he I think mm-hmm. he raced in the Bengal Silks and he was a stakes winner.
4: No, well, he might have won a small little stake. But so yeah, we, we I called our stable post pattern stables and I I had the artwork done, it was a horse catching a pass over the goalpost and. <laughs> All that was in minutes. It was pretty cool. And uh we had a couple we had a few cheap horses, yeah.
2: Well you, you you've come a long way, baby. Now I, I as I said at the top of the show, uh, there's probably people on the East Coast and West Coast that pick up a, a racing form of blood horse every week and, and see this grade one winner and the jacks wearing Jeff Ruby steakhouse. Pants, and he says, "Well, where the heck can I get to a Jeff Ruby Steakhouse in Manhattan or L.A.?" And uh, describe to me your involvement with the Jockey Colony and taking on the sponsorship of the pants, and your relationship with the Permanently Disabled Jockey Fund.
4: Well, that's where it started. Was at Churchill Downs in the jockey room before the Derby a few years ago, and uh, Mike Smith um, said, "Listen, you know, we want to wear Jeff Ruby steak. They had the ram." Uh, trucks or whatever, you know, they were wearing that on the pants of the derby and uh, Dodge Ram or whatever it is, and they were wearing uh, the response. I said, I can't afford to pay that. I, I can't afford that. And they said, No, we'd wear yours for free. We love your restaurant. So that's how it started. And uh, but Ram was a uh, sponsor of the derby, but um, but that's how it started and. Um, and then Mike, uh, the guys would come to my restaurant in Louisville and got to know them. And, um, and so, it, and I said, well, you know, they didn't want any money. So I said, well, and then Daryl Hare got involved, who represents uh, the jockeys and the former uh, jockey and the uh, permanently disabled jockeys. And I found out the permanently disabled jockeys, they they get nothing. You know, they're in the, the a you know, they got hurt riding a horse and and they get nothing. So uh, give money to the, to them and, uh, instead of the jockeys. And that's how we started the whole thing, you know, and well, uh, Jeff. Mike and, and them. So that's where it started.
2: Well, uh, now, uh, on Saturday, it's the first running, actually, it's the 47th running of that race, but it's the first running of the Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway Park. Did I know K- Kentucky's kind of tough with the sponsorship. Are, are those jocks all going to be wearing your pants, or what's going to go on at Turfway Saturday? Well, we put in for it, and uh, so we watered the pants, and in front of the pants come out of New Jersey, ironically.
4: But... Uh, the, uh, so we ordered it, and uh, we'll see. You know, it's got to be approved. Uh, of course, the, the track's approved it, and uh, now it's got to be approved by uh, the racing commission and all that. And shouldn't be a problem. We've had them before approved at uh, uh,
2: Churchill. Well, that, that's great. So, and you know, it's interesting. If you go back to 19, uh, uh, 2017, every jockey in the race was wearing your pants. Which race? The Belmont.
4: Well, you got a minute? You want to
2: hear that story? <laughs> yeah, that's why you're on.
4: Well, the funny thing about the Belmont, you know, I had Johnny V in the Derby and Mike. Mike didn't win the Derby, but but he did win the Oaks. So we had uh, Johnny V in the Derby, and he wins with all his dreaming. And he looked like the favorite for the, the Preakness. But it was the first time any sponsor had won the Oaks in the Derby in the same weekend, the same year. So Johnny's gonna you know, wear it in, in uh, my, my my pants in the, in the and the and the And and I had a couple other guys in Derby. One at that uh, one horse, a long shot, I think we're in second or third. And uh, and was that uh, what is it, living, living, uh, Lucky uh, Horse by, what is it, Lucky? Um, Looking at Lucky? Uh, so, well, Lucky's the,
2: uh, the sire, living at, uh, what's the California, Cro- so, California Chrome by Lucky Pulpit?
4: No, 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 the sire is Lucky uh, something, and the horse is Lucky something, and finished second or third in the derby, a long Side, had the one hole, I think. And um, he came in second or third, so I finished first and third, I think, in the derby. But anyway, so now i got the so i got a few jockeys. And, and I'm walking in Baltimore. I'm walking there to meet Mike and, uh, and across the right next to the Marriott or where we were staying in and Javier Castellano comes up to me and says, I want to wear your pants tomorrow. So it's too late because it had to be approved by uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and it's 10 o'clock right now. He says, well, I'll blah, blah, blah. So he says, I'll pay the fine and I call Angie. I text uh, uh, Angie Stevens, Gary's uh, wife. Can you get this approved? Or, you know, she says, "Let me see what I can do." And so now we're bickering over the price he wants. You know, he says, "I am a Eclipse Award winner. I, you know, I want to. You know, I, I can't do it for that." I said, "Well, you know, I'm only paying uh, the guy that finished second in the Derby." And you want more than him, and your horse is a long shot. Uh,
2: that
4: cloud counting cloud, what was it? Cloud uh,
2: computing.
4: Um, computing. So whatever. And I said, you're that horse. I'll beat that horse. I'm telling you. I said, well, I'll, you know. So we're bickering, but I'm dealing with a Hall of Fame jockey. And she says, I want to ride for you. I, I, I just want to ride for you. I says, you know, I got so many horses in this race. I said. My luck, he'll win. He's a long shot. He'll win, and I'll be all my arguing over a few thousand dollars, and he'll win, and I'll be you know, pinching myself. So I said, okay. So at the last minute, I get him. And It's probably eleven o'clock at night, and I said, okay, we got a deal. He winds up winning the Preakness.
3: <laughs> so now I, <like, clears throat> I said, oh, I don't
4: believe this, and uh, he wasn't even supposed to. Be, you know, that was just if I don't bump into him, literally bump into him, walking across the street. Uh, I don't win the Preakness, so now <laughs> I got a few jockeys for the Belmont, and I said, "Well, but what I don't have in the Belmont is the horse from Japan. I don't have the, the, the favorite in the Belmont, and and uh, and Julian Le Perot wants me to ride uh, that favorite. I forget his name." But he's the favorite. He, he was supposed to be the favorite in in, uh, in the other two races. He'd run in both races and lost them. So now he's going three times now. And he says, Jeff, I want to wear your pants. And he says, Let me. But the, uh, the, uh, the the trainer's brother owns it's what Dial eight one one or whatever. He was wearing those pants, and he owns the company. And he says. But I think he'll switch to you. I said, Well, he ought to. He's 0 for 2, and I'm 2 for 2. <laughs> so he's the only horse. So I don't have him. And the horse from Japan has never they do, They never let a uh, a sponsor. Uh, it's Japanese custom. They do not have sponsors. And and so the Japanese horse is, is like undefeated or something. So now I talk, I said, Angie, I said, you get that Japanese horse. You tell them, number one, I'll write steakhouse in Japanese on the pants, number one. And number two, you tell them, we get our our, Jap- our Wagyu Steaks uh, beef is from Japan. It's not American. It's not Canadian like everyone else Ours comes from Japan. Long story short, they approve the pants. We're going to be the first ever to have a sponsor on a Japanese horse and a Japanese jack ever. In, in, in America. They don't even do it in Japan. So this will be history being made. Jeff Ruby Steakhouse, and the pants were made. The steakhouse is spelt in Japanese. And we've got that horse now. So the only horse we don't have is that horse that, uh, that's the favorite because he is not going to switch from 811. He owns the company. And he wants 811 on those pants. So I don't have him. And the other horse I don't have. Because there's a contract. There's a contract on that, uh, what is it, ta- uh, something tap uh, at the thing. Uh, the winner. He turned out to be the winner in the Belmont. And uh, I don't have him. I told Angie, I said, don't worry about him because the, they had a contract for the, for the he ran in the Derby and he was going to run in the Belmont and he had a contract. I said, yeah, well, don't worry about it. He's going to have a contract for long. Well, the owner, <laughs> the, the owner of that, of that, the, the guy that had the contract, okay, with him on that, the owner of the horse is a good friend of mine out of out of uh, Cleveland. I text my buddy. I say, Bruce, if I win the Belmont, I win it, okay, and you got a contract with that horse? He says, with that jockey? He Says, Yeah. I says, I win the Triple Crown if I have it. He says, You got him. Don't worry about it, okay? That's great. So I call her back. I said, Don't worry. He's not going to have a contract for long. So at the last minute, I think it was Ortiz. Uh, I forget. I got that one now. So now, the Japanese turns out the horse that I, the jockey I couldn't get because of that horse, he scratched. He comes down with an ankle. He scratched the Japanese horse that I do get. He comes down with an ankle the next day. He scratched. So now I got every jockey, including the one that had a contract to ride in the Belmont. He broke the contract so I could have that jockey. So now I got every horse in the Belmont. I felt like uh, Tom Brady before the Super Bowl. I know I'm going to win before the game's played. So I'm, 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 I got every horse in the Belmont. I've already won the Triple Crown before they even came out of the starting game.
2: And hilarious. you did, Jeff Ruby. Jeff, my producer's telling me I've got to get out and go to break. I hope to see you at uh, Turfway Park on Saturday. Gates open at 10. The first race is one ten, and uh, your yeah. race is, is going to be, I believe, at 6 o'clock. So yeah. I know I'll see you in uh-huh. the winner's circle on Saturday, Jeff. Thanks for being with I'll us.
4: I'll Thanks for calling.
2: Take care. All right. We've been talking to Jeff Ruby. Going to take a quick break. We're coming back with Steady Eddie, my man, Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're wondering if it was ever going to end... Winter is officially over because Ed Meyer has come out of hibernation. Ed, great to hear your voice.
0: How are you, John? It's it's almost spring. I mean, uh, I think I saw my shadow, so that means I, I had to go back to the Chinese buffet three more times.
2: <laughs> I know. I remember the one time I was on the beach with you, all those people complaining you were blocking the sun.
0: Uh, you, you don't walk with me. You walk <laughs> among me. What can I say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> How you doing, my man? I'm feeling great,
0: John. I, I'm really looking forward. You know, when you live in northern Kentucky, which I do, and I live really close to Turfway Park, well, about this time of the year, this is northern Kentucky's version of the Kentucky Derby. And this is the sure sign it is. Spring has arrived. And it doesn't even matter the date. I know St. Paddy's stays right among us. We We have so many things going on. John, this is a great time to be a horse player in northern Kentucky. It kind of gets your your blood pumping, and it gets me ready. Oh, I, I'm just I'm chomping at the bit.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, it goes right from northern Kentucky, and then you, you go down 75, you hit Keeneland for some major preps, and then you just uh, move right on over west and end up in Louisville uh, that first weekend in May. Oh,
0: they have a race the first Saturday of May, don't they?
2: Pretty sure. Let me check.
0: I'll get back to you on that, <laughs> You know what? We're, we're both we're both going to be shamed with bad bad luck all weekend, so we better straighten up and and, uh, and uh, you know button our top button here, young man.
2: Nah, I'm going to be wearing the luck of the Irish. Don't you worry about that, Eddie, me boy. And I need to talk to you. I didn't. We, we kind of got rushed at the top. We had some technical difficulties, but um, I've got to talk to you about a race that I know you will weigh in on, and that is the San Felipe last week uh i mean can can you ride a race or is this going to start being like how we treat quarterbacks so you know you got a two-hand tag and they wear uh you know uh tutus i mean that race the san Felipe. uh i'll give you my version personally i think both the euro gave mckinsey a bigger foul at the head of the lane than mckinsey did slowly but floating him out in the last 16th. What was your read on that race? John,
0: the, the San Felipe had horse players from all walks talking, and Bob Baffert rules California, and he wins about 98% of the time, except this time. <laughs> and right at the quarter pole, right and dead on, Bolte Oro made a move that was just staggering JJ Castellano, John, in my opinion, has upped his game to a level that's out of the stratosphere. He's riding fewer mounts, more money mounts. It's kind of mirroring Mike Smith, and even going way back in time to Eddie Arcaro. This is what the good riders do. He's reached that level in his career. The guy made a move on Boltur that was incredible. Mike Smith, solid woke his mount up, and he went to a little bit of race riding, which he did this summer, and he actually survived his Saratoga uh, by locking boots. But in my opinion, he came out on him three or four times, and I bet McKenzie. I love McKenzie, but I also respect Bolti The stewards, did; a, they did a great job. It was a hard job to take Bob Baffert down in California on the big stage. Very tough action. But from the from the 316s pole in, uh, many times, McKenzie kind of bumped out and just made it very subtle. Mike Smith is an incredible race rider. I won't take a penny away from him. They don't call him Money Mike for nothing. The guy is great, but so is J.J. Castellano in his own right. The race was separated by a head. Yes, there was bumping. The stewards did a great job. I bet McKenzie, I'm a loser. I even plopped it up in a blog this week, and, and I openly admit it. it. There's a lot of people that won't admit, I did bet the, the horse that was DQ'd. Was he DQ'd rightfully? Yes.
2: Well, Ed, you and I agree on a lot of things. I don't agree with you on this, because I, I feel that Bolt D'Oro, uh inhibited uh, McKenzie's chances much harder by, by not one but two contacts at that quarter pole then McKenzie just floating him out. If Bolt D'Aura was the better horse, he could have just strode away from that action, and he couldn't because he was pump riding McKenzie, and McKenzie dug in. I think this is great. I mean, maybe we got another uh, Alidar firm thing going on, you know. We got to see if good magic is going to bounce back. Uh, and, of course, we're going to talk. A little bit here in the near future about Solomini. But uh, it, it seems like, uh, you know, so many of the best horses are coming from the West Coast this year.
0: Oh, I agree a thousand percent. And, you know, that's what makes horse racing. It's a differing of opinion sometimes. And, you know, you saw it your way. I saw it mine. boltiora made a move. And it was a, it was an all-out, as they say in poker, all-in move. And Mackenzie had enough to repel the attack. It just got a little bit ugly down the lane. Mike Smith, incredible rider, when he rides for Baffert, when he actually got off the horse and they they were doing incredible coverage, Mike really wasn't. He really wasn't throwing up too many flags. He was kind of, gee shucks, oh, you know, wow, I was close and. And he was kind of, you know, just kind of kicking the can as he was going along. And I was like, wow, you know, this Mike Smith is a man of few words. He's very honest. He's, he's a great writer. You couldn't ask for anything better. I I would actually, I might even go a two Diet Coke bet on this one. When I watched it, I kept thinking that I was going to survive the entire the entire trip. I said, Mike Smith, Baffert, I agreed with you until I watched the head on twice. And I said, Ooh, you know, it was almost at the. I know, hole.
2: I felt the same way, but I I think they should have spent a little more time watching what happened at the quarter pole first.
0: I think they should have actually even even went to the backside where they bumped just a briefly, even on the backside, right about the, right past the four and a half furlong mark. It oh, was, I missed that. It was, it, I, I can't say I can't say that. You know, they were they were just knockdown drag out. But you know, it was it was an exciting race. And I'll tell you what, John, I cannot wait for these two to lock horns again. And I'd love to see it on the big stage in Louisville.
2: Well, no, I think we're going to see it on the big stage in the Santa Anita Derby, Ed.
0: Bob Baffert kind of shook his head a little bit, and it and he's also got another runner coming right up. Is he loaded for bear or what? You just mentioned we're going to be chatting about one coming up shortly here, McKenzie. And he also has a little allowance horse, John, that was pretty impressive this last weekend and really caught a lot of eyes. I'm not going to tip his hat and just say, you know well gee, Bob Bamford's got a runner in here. He is full-out loaded. And McKenzie right now, I, I'll tip my hand, is my derby horse. McKenzie and Enticed are right together as one and one a and i'll weigh it out from here
2: well i was there when his daddy won the kentucky derby with calvin Borell up so we know the distance won't be a question well i don't know if you caught the tail end i know you are familiar with the gentleman uh, jeff ruby he's kind of making a bold plunge uh, uh they the they, they it was hard to believe that somehow they got the word spiral out of the race but it's going to be called the jeff ruby steaks and i'm sure a lot of blue bloods are not happy about that because steaks is spelled like the fine food he serves at his restaurant and not the steak that people put up for a steaks race um but nonetheless that's jeff he never really followed the rules anyhow from, from what i've seen and uh it, it's it's going to be interesting but you know I downloaded my PP's early. I don't have the odds, and I didn't go back on the overnights to get the odds because this race is just coming in from all over the place. First, of course, Turfway, Polytrack—that's a definite thing that plays into this because you've got so many turf horses uh coming in here not afraid to go to the poly track and you've got a lot of these poly track horses uh coming in not only from golden gate uh but from uh as far away as uh europe i see in the girls race um this is going to be interesting. Now, they're going to be asked to go a mile and an eighth. That's probably the longest anybody in this field has done at this point in their career. That adds another angle to it. So I had a real. I think there's going to be, if you really can lock in on a couple horses, I think you're going to get great odds in this race on Saturday.
0: This is a great weekend for a better standpoint. Uh, Turfway's always put on a really good show. There's an incredible card, and it's not a card that's chock full of one to nines. This race, well, last year we had fast and accurate lighting up the board for Kendall Hansen. I expect nothing but, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to see a 14 to $18, maybe a $20 payoff here with just the runners that I, that I like, John. Turfways always put on a really good show. As I said before, this is Northern Kentucky's version of the Derby, so they always shine on this day. Hey, and kudos to Jeff Ruby. He never played by the rules. That's why he's a great success.
2: <laughs> he's down there getting fitting for his Johnny Cash suit that he's going to wear to the races. Well, Ed, you know, I, I went back, did a little homework, and I'm, I'm looking at all, all of the spiral stakes of, of days gone by and, and, and trying to think of what some of my favorites are. I remember early on, I think they used to call it the Smiley Adams stakes. Because he won it, like, (laughs) five years in a row with Julio Espinoza, with uh, uh, Major Ron, Lotta Gold, Raymond Earl, five-star general, Bob's Dusty, Smiley's Dream. I mean, he had a hell of a run there. And uh, Good and Dusty, you can't forget him either. Uh, Then the, the controversial Marfa. Where it looked like they might have changed some of the conditions or bumped somebody out of the race to try to get Johnny V and D Wayne into the race. I mean, that goes way back. I don't know. Some of the people who made those decisions may not even be alive anymore. Uh, then, of course, uh, the Ohio-bred King Post uh, wins with clean gene Eugene Cyprus in the junior there. And then you got Hansel. And let's not forget the first horse to really launch this race, big time, Little E T with Pat Day up. Which one was your favorite?
0: How about uh, let's let's go let's go back to uh, go back a little bit in time uh, to 2011 when Animal Kingdom wins. Yeah, I I loved the way that Animal Kingdom was coming in. I actually saw a few morning works. I get, actually I got up out of bed, went out there. is always really good about that. You you can be right up against the rail. I was watching work out, and I said, "There's my horse." And then I had to ask one of the outriders, "Who is this? Animal Kingdom?" He was moving well. so quick, his his, uh, his towel was actually folded under. He was flying and looked great. And I, I love the way Animal Kingdom came in. I have to say it was, a, it was a good day at the windows and a better day at the Kentucky Derby. I remember Little E.T. That, that would be my second. But Animal Kingdom definitely holds my heart.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, so the, the race, you know, John Battaglia's dream, uh, you know, did pay off finally. Now, the drop in uh, purse money probably didn't help them as far as derby points are concerned. I don't know if they're directly correlated or not, but they did, did get reduced in their derby points, which, which is a shame. I think also being one of the very few poly track uh, race tracks in North America has something to do with it, too, because a lot of times you see horses come out of this race, you know, especially all the kittens, joys that makers won with go on to become really good turf horses, but not necessarily compete in the Kentucky Derby.
0: Agreed. You know, you have to give an avenue for these poly horses that are actually transitioning. They may do a, be doing a little turf to poly dance, and then they're trying the dirt. It's still 20 points, and this is still, I don't know if there's a, a couple hundred thousand dollars that anybody wouldn't want at any time in a, in a runner's career, but they can still pick up 20 points on this one. You know, it's still to be respected. Even, you know, I, I get rid of the comparison when I heard about, you know, it, it's going to be less points, it's less, you know what? Take a look at the race. Take a look at the rider colony. It's wide open. I double-dog dare you just to say I think somebody's a lock because you're going to be hard-pressed to put that between three horses. I think the race offers great value for betters, and for me, I'm going to be loving every second of it.
2: Well, I, you know, I had such a hard time I'm admitting that, and, you know, I'm struggling with it, but I figure well, I'm talking to Ed, I better tell him at least there's two horses in here. That I, I really kind of like. And, again, maybe if I get any, any kind of play at 5-1 to one or above, I'm going to bet them. Uh, one is uh, Archelazos, and I'm sure I just ruined that name, uh, who uh, is trained by Michael Dickinson. He's the only graded stakes winner and did a little more homework. He's a half-brother to a Kentucky Derby winner, Big Brown. So I've got to give this horse a second look, and he's had the experience that winning the gray stakes up at Woodbine um, gives him a win over poly track. What I think is interesting is Michael Dickinson had the smarts to ship down to Turfway and he's been training at Turfway Park for this race. So my eye moves to that horse and another horse I like is Hazit. Now he's he's a, a son of Warfront, Pletcher Barn, Drayden Van Dyke's coming in town to ride, but I used to hang out with this handicapping guy and the regular guy show at River Downs and he always tell me how much he liked horses their second race back and it. Has it? Has it.
0: Has it, you, you've mentioned a couple, just a couple out of the entire field that are just monster runners. Michael Dickinson has to be respected anywhere he runs. They call him the mad genius, and I'll tell you what, this guy can knock their lights out. A three-year-old cult by Temple City. John, there, there may be a big venture back to the turf for, for this guy in his future, but Archilagos looks really good to me. The gray stakes, if you go back maybe five, six years and take a look at the, the winners from the gray, uh, the gray stakes from Woodbine, You'll be impressed by some of the names you'll see. In, in, the, uh, in the Jeff Ruby Stakes, a mile and an eighth, I like the four pony up. Alvin Jimenez, he was the house rider. He was the big-time guy. He was the guy that was impossible to beat at Turfway Park. And now he's riding down a Gulfstream. He's back for Todd Pletcher. I love that. They're exiting the Grade 2 Holy Bull. Now, this race here was first race off of the turf, and now they're coming back into the poly. I kind of like that they're, they're kind of moving in a direction here. It's a son of Akinide who enjoys a quick pace, and I think they're going to get plenty of early speed in there. Alvin Jimenez knows the track, and I think this is a real plus. Todd Pletcher... I think, can actually run one-two in this race. It would not surprise me at all after I just said how hard of a race it, that it actually is. But I have to really respect, you know, this Calumet Farm runner. But Pony Up, I, I think we're going to see a bold move right about the 5.16s. Jimenez is going to relish his old home track, probably light him up and pay, ooh, about 18 20 bucks 20 in my book. But Pony Up, uh, you know, kind of caught my eye right along with, has it, John? Drayden Van Dyke is an incredible rider. He's now, on fire. I know that's yeah. Astro, the obvious, but he's—you like, have to respect that. And actually, even even going back to the Bourbonette, uh, that he was—he was my rider on on the horse that I like there for the entire card. But I'm, I'm going to say for just for second money, I think Pony Up and, and Pletcher, him I think they team up, exiting the great two Holy Bull. Uh, he, he's run against some really nice runners. I respect him all around. And that second off of the turf angle, you know, coming up from Palm Beach downs off of some nice works. I, I, every time I look at Pony up more and more, I, I really like him. And uh, I think this real Copa Aiken night's going to be a monster.
2: Yeah, I mean, there is no clear clip favor in here. Before we go on to the bourbonette, just want to allude to a guy you know I really respect, and that's Wesley Ward, who's actually been stabled at uh, Turfway. He's winning at a 34% clip, Ed. Uh, his wow. horse just kind of, it almost looked like he prepped in the John Battaglia, and Wes is t- putting blinkers on. He's a pretty sharp horseman. Uh, he must have seen something he liked or something this horse needed uh, to, 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 throw blinkers on them in a a graded stakes race. I just think you can't leave him out. And How about his man, Garcia, who's was one of his exercise riders, now rides for him regularly at Turfway. He's winning 56% of his races, Ed. And that's not it's in two incredible.
0: races. That's an Wesley 18 Ward races. is about as sharp as Gillette is as for razors. I, I respect this guy anywhere he rides. And I know you and he go back a ways when uh, you actually offered him an option before he went to Royal Ascot to work a horse out at uh, Riverdale. Downs. So I, I know that you you have either kind of keep your eye kind of doubly focused on Wesley Ward. He has to be respected. Arawak, you know, the, the outside post might be a little challenging, but actually as a beaten favorite, I think you might be hitting on something. He may have used the Bataglia as a prep because that was first start off of a layoff. But you know, has some nice work since then. They're solid, good workmen. Like this is 3 year by Uncle Mo, who's a monster in his own right. And I just think, Arawak, you're going to get you're going to get big balloon prices here on this guy.
2: All right. Well, let's move on to the Bourbonette. We only got five minutes left, uh, and my uh, there's only one horse. I have a star by Ed, and you've already gave a little hint who it is, and that's uh, Consolida, a British bred. Who came over to the U.S. made its first start at Golden Gate and impressively rallying from 13 lengths back, won the California Oaks. Now it is a British bred. Uh, Patrick Gallagher uh, continues to uh, is, is took over training for uh, Lucia Kamani. Um, this horse look. I mean, again, it's a very tough race, but I really think that this horse rises to the head of the class.
0: Agreed, I, I kind of tip my hand as well, Drayden van Dyke, I have incredible respect for, and, and I think if you follow the california circuit're either uh, you 're either empty pocket or you 've got plenty of jeans in your gre- or greens in your jeans, as you would say. <laughs> I really like Consolita John coming over from Newcastle, where it is Polytrack in Great Britain there, and uh, Jamie Spencer wins by two links comes over, and that was on October tenth of two thousand and seventeen. Takes a, a really long break, comes back very patiently from the Patty Gallagher yard in February 10th of 18. The California Oaks wins impressively, getting first first place. I went back and watched this race a couple times. I, I would give you the, give you the hint to really kind of go back if you're on the bubble. Take a look at this daughter of Sir Percy. She can give you some fits. She's going to be really coming, coming quick down the lane. Has a real strong late kick. She was about three wide last time out coming down. And the Patty Gallagher barn wins 29% second time off the layoff. Only 53% with his shippers in the money. And, and Van Dyke, I think, moves Consolita right into the action. They're going to be cutting back from a mile and a sixteenth to a mile so I'm kind of hoping for a little quicker pace here. I'm hoping it's not dawdling and, you know, just uh, just average fractions. But cutting back the second Lasix, Van Dyke, getting the two-hole, oh, if you get 5-1, to one, can I lock it in now?
2: Absolutely. Well, we're down to two minutes to post, and I did not want to forget uh, the Rebel, and obviously th- – all eyes are going to be on Solomedian here. They say you're judged by the company you keep. Look at this horse's running line: Bolt the Oro, Good Magic, McKenzie, Instilled Regard. All of them graded stakes winners, and he comes in here off what was a win—a controversial Los Al Futurity, where he got disqualified and placed third. A lot of people are saying that this race wasn't, uh, you know, maybe shouldn't have been taken down. Again, Bob Baffert's involved with it, but when Baffert ships into Oaklawn Park, danger, danger,
0: danger. He's got six wins. He's the most winningest trainer in this race so they should rename this the Bob Baffert Stakes, I believe. He, he's won from 2010 to, up to 2016 uh, with, with uh, I think, one, one or two out there. In this race, I, I like Solomini. I, I, I agree with you, completely respect, but I'm going to play just for a price against it because I, I'm, I'm looking for that better, that better piece of the action the win this. I like the four Magnum Moon, Luis Saez coming up from Florida for Todd Pletcher. And Magnum Moon is two for two. This is the big time asset test here for this real cult by Malibu Moon. Two for two, very impressive. A maiden win and an optional claiming 75, which can be tougher than a nickel stake. I mean, optional 75, optional claiming 75 is really, really a building block. There's bullet works involved here. I think Magnum Moon, this is the big asset test. The only drawback for me, if I have to go go back to it, is that old curse of Apollo. There's no 2017 foundation races, which kind of, maybe in the bigger picture, I would reexamine. But uh, Mal- Mal- Magnum Moon, I think, really gets... He's going to get his big test this weekend, and Luis Saez, is—he's he, hitting on all cylinders. He's winning 32% every time he boots up for Todd Pletcher, and it looks to be a perfect stalker. And I think that uh, Magna Moon is really just going to—he's going to be a danger if, if Solomini is not 110% and cranked up and ready to go. It wouldn't—it wouldn't be beside me to see Bob Baffert to have a plan and uh, to maybe just to, to bounce into this race for bigger things or even or. Or even something better right around the corner. All right, I'm, I'm looking at Magnum Moon.
2: All right, Ed, uh, my producer, A Rod's giving me the hook. I got to get out. Great to hear your voice. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Be well, my friend, and have a great weekend at the races.
0: Best of luck to all your listeners, John. It's always great to be on with you at Living Ponies.
2: All right, that was Ed Meyer. Earlier, it was Jeff Ruby. Thanks for tuning in to Winning Ponies. If you like the show, tell your friends they can pull it down on podcast. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Englehart. I want to thank my producer, A-Rod. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it.
1: Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.